Okay, so, so last week, uh, if you remember, we took um, Israel and uh, considered the different parts of a newborn baby's body and thought about the uh, way that Jesus looked very similar and he was newborn. And, uh, and how in the future, in various ways, um, that they didn't understand, but God did, and we do now. This week we're going to look at uh, two contrasting aspects of Christ's birth. First of all, how uh, obscure it was, and modest, humble, and then also we're going to, then we're going to look at how glorious and exalted um, is birth us. And uh, again, this is not um, this is not me teaching or giving a lecture, but us sort of brainstorming together like we did last time about the various ways that uh, Christ's birth is obscure and then various ways that uh, it is glorious. So um, let's begin with her. Heavenly Father, on this day when we gather together in your name, in the name of your Son, we want to remember him and uh, his coming. And what a great day that was, dear Lord, and how it brought change to the world and how it brought meaning and hope into our lives. We thank you, dear Lord, for the chance now to consider these things and pray that you guide us and that our thoughts would help us in our growth to see him more clearly and be more filled with him. We pray in his name. Okay. So um, there's some obvious way. So we're going to be talking about ways that Christ's birth was obscure. And then we're going to be talking about ways that it was glorious. So on the obscure side, the one thing that everybody will probably think of first, <clears throat> I will take off the table because it requires a little bit more explanation. I don't know if you remember that uh, when Ben Price was here a few years ago, he, in, uh, he preached during Advent. He, uh, he said that the, uh, <clears throat> that the that traditional interpretation of what's going on in birth um, may not be accurate. That is, that uh, he was born in a cattle stall. Like the song says, once a royal David's city stood a lowly cowshed where mother laid the baby in the manger for his bed. Now, yeah, there was no room for them in the inn. That word in Greek has, can, is basically a word that has a broad meaning, and it just means place to stay or dwell in place. You can refer to your home. 
that can refer to um, a guest group in a house. Like when Jesus' disciples wanted to have Passover, remember that? But nowhere in the Bible is it referred, is it actually mean an inn. Now it it is can mean an inn in other place in other ancient Greek literature. And that's why that meaning is used in the in the translation here and what were once used traditionally. But um, it, the problem is that Bethlehem was a very small town and very unlikely to have anything like an inn that would, uh, would you know, be for, for guests. Um, and, and second of all, that's just not the way things were done back then. Um, generally, you would stay with a relative when you went somewhere, even a stranger. I know that sounds funny to us when we you know, thought of oh, we're going to go to we're drive to Colorado and stop somewhere along the way and stay with a stranger in their house. But that's often the way it was because everybody understood that they were dependent on each other and they were dependent on hospitality. And not only that, but they were all one family. The Jewish people were, you know, had an identity as being part of one family. And and so they uh, Often, they would just show up in the uh, center of this town and, and somebody would stop and, and uh, meet them and, and then offer them a place to stay in the night. Um, so anyway, it's not that it's impossible that it means in. It just seems unlikely. Um, more likely, it meant, means that there was no room for them in the house of their closest relative. And they didn't have relatives there because this, remember, was the town where Joseph was returning to his roots, to where his family came from because it was time for the um, census for the purpose of taxes and, and military draft. So they, um, they certainly knew people, but Every, a lot of people were coming to this town at that time because of the census. So it was, the town was filled with people. But whatever we think, there was no room. But when it says, when it says that uh, they laid in the, only, it never says that he was born to the state. It says he was laid in the manger. And to think that that uh, it's just an assumption that that meant that it was a stable. But the fact is that most homes, um, they own some animals. You know, in parts of this country, even parts that aren't on farms. You know, everybody got hogs and chickens and, and uh, maybe some other animals. And that's the way it was then. And so they had like a little room that was attached to the house, maybe even uh, at the entry, that uh, where these animals could be brought in in cold 
and where there would have been a manger for animals to be. So it's likely that, that when it says Jesus, that there was no room for him, for them, and that he was laid in manger, that it was actually part of the house, that he was probably born in part of the house where, you know, you know, if you like <coughs> the entryway or the the um, part of the house where nobody stays because there wasn't room in the parts of the house that people did stay. And then he was laid in the manger because that was the closest thing we could find to where he could comfortably uh, sleep. So, um, but that doesn't take away the obscurity of Humili humiliation of that aspect of birth, of course. Um, I don't think. But anyway, so let's take that one off and and begin to brainstorm about ways that Christ's birth was, besides born in the cattle stall, where uh, Christ's birth was obscure and lowly and humble. Who can think of all the Well, you already mentioned that Bethlehem was a small town. Yes. No capital Yes. Uh, it was a little town of Bethlehem, it is accurate. Um, it was a small spirit town. In fact, the Bible even tells us this in the prophecy. You know, you remember when the Magi um, came to look for Jesus and they went to Herod and they said, where is the child born king of the Jews? Herod didn't know what they were talking about. But he went to his, his Jewish Bible experts and he said, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem. Well, they, knew, they knew that because of the prophecy in the book of Micah. Chapter 5, verse 2, where it says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler, to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from the whole of ancient days. So that's the prophecy that Nathan knows that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. And, but it itself says, that you know, you're too too small and insignificant even to be counted among the clans of of Israel of Judah. Um, but I'm going to exalt you by bringing the Messiah to be born in you. So uh, yes, he was born in a, uh, a very small, obscure uh, town, and that's. Uh, I mean, obviously, this was the city of David, the town of David, is where David came from. But that story itself was a similar story to this. When David was an obscure little fella in an obscure family, in an obscure town, and yet God called him and exalted him to be the, the new king of Israel. And now in the same way, this new David is being called out of the same little insignificant town to, uh, to become the Messiah. So, that's, that's very helpful. 
who else has an aspect uh, of the obscurity of Christ? 